0: Hi there, I'm Jacqueline, and welcome to the In Relation Podcast, a place where we talk the good, the bad, and the ugly about tough stuff. Life happens fast, and sometimes too fast to process our feelings, but it's more important than ever to understand what hard times do to us and how it can impact our future. So join me as I learn everything I can from others about myself and them in relation to everything, because I believe the more we know, the better we'll do. Hey there, girl, can you hear me? I can, hello. Oh my God, amazing. Hello, I'm so excited to chat with you. This is so
1: cool. Yeah, it's exciting. Welcome. Thank you.
0: Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Okay. So today we have a very interesting episode, and it's one that kind of came to fruition because, well, the girl we're chatting with is a friend of mine, and we were having an offline personal conversation about um, the episode that was released earlier this week about my miscarriage. Um, And she is in a really unique position in her life through not only just the family that she has, but the passion that she's, you know, come into as a result of the way that her family has come to be. And so I wanted to have her here because she was asking me so many questions and I was asking her so many questions and we felt like the conversation could do way more than just benefit the likes of her and me. So um, I'd like to introduce you to one of my one of my greatest friends. Um, She has been in my life a very long time and is responsible for some very unique um, sort of pivots or turns in my life that I have had. Um, And that is my friend Natalie. Hi Nat.
1: <laughs> Hi babe. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> of course. So
0: the reason we're connecting is because um well for starters you are a mom of two and mm-hmm. I would say four because there's a new puppy and there's also a cat in the house. So like that means that you're, you're responsible <laughs> for the lives of four. Um but the um I was laughing before we came to do this because um, you were messaging me like and we were setting up time with like how to start getting this going and all of that. And when you were messaging me being like, I'll be ready in 15 minutes, I have to admit I was still lying in bed. Oh, okay. So I was ahead of the game. <laughs> oh my God. And it was just like this perfect moment in my brain where I was like a woman with children, a woman who doesn't have children, like the, the dichotomy, this, like the, the, the difference in the morning life is really, that's why my voice sounds like this. Cause I've literally probably been up for 30 minutes <laughs> and, and anyway. I had two coffees
1: running around like a crazy person. So yeah, here we are. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, um, I wanted to start because, you know, I think that this discussion will have a lot to do with, um, you know, women's bodies and Mm -hmm. also the, you know, the complications that come from fertility, pregnancy, and all the fields that are wrapped up inside that. So I wanted to kind of start by having you share, if you're open, to Mm -hmm. give us kind of like a, a breakdown, I guess, of like your fertility journey, your pregnancies and like what that like what I guess what those two separate experiences were like for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um I think also before we get going like this is just me and you having a chat and we're not mm-hmm. experts. It it comes down to you sharing something and like you said so perfectly, I had questions and you had questions and I think that this is such a common thing that that's why we're doing this right so um with my own personal experience you know i'm very lucky my you know my husband and i we've got two beautiful girls uh with my first daughter um i did get uh, pregnant pretty quickly and i think that that first pregnancy it's always so you're so in tune like everything it's how your belly is growing what are you craving um the first kicks, the first feel it's everything. And then I think your second is you're used to it. So it's, it's a little different in that way, as far as like my body goes and and how in tune I am, it's almost like the second one. I mean, God, God bless her. But it's like, Oh, I get there. I've been this, I've been through this. I kind of know what to, what to expect. Whereas your first, it's always so exciting, right? It's like you don't even understand the capabilities of a female body until you're going through it. And you're just like completely wowed by it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um so as far as my body I think um you know there's obvious changes um but again I like I said I was very lucky to uh to have no issues with my fertility experience um and yeah I sorry what was the second part of your question
0: <laughs> I guess just like what the experience was like obviously physically on your body they were different yeah. Um, or maybe not physically, maybe physically they were saying, same, but maybe like mentally and emotionally they were a little bit new yeah, to it anymore.
1: But yeah, like and
0: I, was it an emotional was it an emotionally different experience, I guess, for for your second versus your first?
1: Big time. I mean, I think at the same like I uh, we were we um we were going through the pandemic when I was pregnant with my second. Yeah, hold on. We need um, to like
0: acknowledge that. Like you had a, a yeah. covid baby.
1: Like Yeah. I had a covid baby, I did. Um so I got pregnant um in October of 2019.
0: Oh my gosh, uh, the last thing that we did in the world was go to your gender reveal. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we <laughs> did. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's exactly it
1: so yeah that's such a great question and i totally like forgot about all this but with my second i i really struggled emotionally um to be super transparent i have a you know a husband who travels for work he he's a lacrosse player so i was anticipating having a husband gone on the weekends um still trying to navigate we weren't sure what what was happening with the with the pandemic and, and all that um but it was pretty early on it was april so we were lying in bed i think i was about I would have been six months pregnant, and it was the first weekend that he got a call to say, don't go to the airport. So at that point, we didn't really know what was going to happen, but anticipating a second baby, a pandemic, unfortunately, my dog was hit by a car, lost my dog, and I was an emotional mess. Oh, um, I, I, My husband and I, we started some therapy. I started my own therapy. Um second time around, I think, obviously, given with the with the pandemic, it escalated everything, but I very, very different emotionally than my first. Mm-hmm. And with my first, I had a lot of postpartum stuff that, you know, has brought me to where I'm at today that, that oh. I'll get into. But so I think I anticipated all that again, and how hard it is gonna, t- how hard it will be to navigate those postpartum traumas um with two babies now and, and with a traveling husband. So Definitely different, um,
0: uh, way more of an emotional ride my second time around. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because like, when you say like, I know what you're talking about, but instinctually, when you say postpartum, like my gut, my instinct is to like, to, to ask about you mentally because like socially we've, we've like yep. connected postpartum with depression, yep. but postpartum is equally as physical, correct me if I'm wrong, as it is mental and emotional. And the things that you're talking about that were struggles that you had were were physical. Oh symptoms, yeah, and right.
1: You're you're so bang on that people it it's not just a mental thing. With physical does absolutely come the mental. But for me personally, yeah, I, I went through a lot of physical crap
0: that all associated now... with your second or your first.
1: My first and then more extreme in my second.
0: Okay. So do you want to walk uh, us through that if you're like, if you're open? Yeah, yeah, it? no, ab- okay.
1: absolutely. So, I mean, I could go on for days about this, but mm-hmm. I'll give you guys kind of the the short. Um, so essentially after my first baby, uh, I, again, was very lucky to be able to breastfeed. Um, but while I was breastfeeding, I was in constant pain because I struggled with hemorrhoids. So my first, uh, my initial bowel movement after you leave the hospital, some hospitals will make you have a bowel movement before you leave. But my my first bowel movement was awful. Um, and I think a large part of that what, is because can of- Can
0: you, like without being too gory, <laughs> like what, like what made it awful? Like like, like what
1: beca- is- No. Yeah. That, great question. Because I was on, I had a 37 hour labor, so I needed oxytocin to help me start having contractions to dilate which is very common very very common with the first Um, I need I had an epidural after about 28 hours which I didn't want an epidural but my midwife had suggested it because if at that point I was getting to that my water had broken so I was past that 24 hour stage so I needed to start thinking of infection so I had to get like three needles for an epidural and I don't do well with pain meds and then I needed gravel and it was just this Vicious cycle of the drug cocktail. after drug. Uh, uh, like, yeah. A cocktail I don't want to ever have again, to be honest with you. But um, so it's a lot on your body. Your body is already going through something that's like, whoa, whoa, like what is happening? And then on top of, you know, the cocktail, it's it was a lot. <laughs> so that initial bowel movement was was tough. It it was not it was not soft, it was not easy to pass. And what happens then is you tear. You have a small tear in, you know, your anal area that mm-hmm. pooping is something that every everyone does. It's 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 some people's the best part of their damn day. <laughs> and for me, a bowel movement was awful. So um I dealt with fissures and hemorrhoids and, and what's the
0: difference between a fissure and a hemorrhoid? I don't know.
1: So so um from my experience, again, I'm not a doctor, but from my experience, a hemorrhoid, they can be internal and external. So internal hemorrhoids, um, a lot of the time symptoms that you will see is um blood in your stools. Mm-hmm. Um, but but no pain when you're when you're actually passing. Okay. Whereas a fissure is like like the worst pain. It, some people can like will say it's actually like like glass coming through. Um, so it's awful. And I've been that person and I've been that person for three years on and off. And where I'm at today in my life, I've just I've I've finally said, like, so many people are dealing with this and postpartum isn't just, you know, a social thing. I physically went through a lot. And when I go through these things, my whole family does like my husband has to step up. I'm not the mm-hmm. mom that I want to be. Uh, you have you constantly have mom guilt, regardless of, you know, any of the situation, that's just, it's just something that, you know, we deal with as moms. And um, yeah, so for me, I, I went through, went, I went through hell with, with bowels. And, you know, I went to naturopathic doctors, and I tried every diet. And I, I, I did what everybody said at the end of the day, um, I just needed a surgery. And that's where I'm at now after my second
0: child. Um, so that, Quick question, quick question, sorry to interrupt you. Mm-hmm, but like, yeah. were you concerned about hemorrhoids fissures all of this stuff like being exacerbated by be by getting pregnant and having to do it all over again like were they better by the time you tried for your second like did that cause like stress for you
1: yeah I I think like it's like yeah I I anticipated the crap to happen all again I mean obviously babies are amazing. I had a pretty traumatic first experience and I did it again. So we all do it because they're worth it. But yeah, I, I absolutely like, I, I anticipated it to be bad. And I think that that caused a lot of stress for me. And, you know, thank God I have, I, I had the midwife that I did who said, okay, well, we're not like, what can we do to get ahead of that? Like, who do we need to talk to? How can we plan this out? And second time around when I went into the hospital, um, I asked to speak with the OB um, because I wanted to speak with a surgeon who was on call while I was in the hospital to basically say,
0: well, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah, and I basically again, I I mean, if I've learned anything, look at you advocating
0: us, for yourself. Oh,
1: that's like the biggest thing that I that I that I encourage. That like like we, we as women have to advocate for ourselves in yeah. in all aspects of our life, but especially when it comes to pregnancies, the way you foresee your your pregnancy, your labor, your birth going, your postpartum journey. Um, but yeah, I, I basically sat in in a hospital bed before I was about to have a baby, and I. I demanded that I speak with the OB and the surgeon and said, if things look bad down there, if, if I have a crazy looking hemorrhoid that I'm going to go home and it's going to be painful, I'm not leaving this hospital until it's dealt with. I've already got a lot going on down there. What's one, like, if, if we can nip it in the butt, literally, then we're going to do that. Um, and and she applauded me. She said, you know, I, I've looked at your history and I've looked at your charts. You've had colonoscopies, you've had internals, you've had fissures, um that I just finally said I need to be proactive about it this time and it wasn't until six months postpartum with my second that I had an issue so it was good until it wasn't
0: so wait so you literally like delivered a baby and then somebody fixed a hemorrhoid the same day no so I didn't actually have a hemorrhoid with my second
1: you didn't and it's I had a natural labor
0: wow so so different.
1: Completely different. I was, uh, yeah, I I labored and I started in the bathtub and I had had my my second daughter, Austin, within two hours and I didn't have any pain meds. And I think, again, I think knowing my body personally, everyone's body is different, but I don't do well with pain meds. And I think that caused a lot of trauma and anxiety to my body that that's when nice. I didn't have it, it was just like, okay, like, I see you girl. I know what's happening. Like, let's, <laughs> let's do this. And yeah,
0: two, two hours. I had a, a great delivery. Oh my God. That's so crazy. So mm-hmm. after your second you've dealt with, um, you've, you've like dealt more heavily with, I guess, like the system side of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. now that the baby making is, done for now whether it is or not you don't have to answer that question um but um you you ended up having surgery but the road to surgery was like pretty rocky
1: right oh yeah no it's uh (laughs) it was uh yeah it was was wild it was wild to say the least and it's crazy to to think how many women are also going through this Mm -hmm. um so I've shared, I, you know, I started, uh, I have an Instagram account. I'm actually, um, in school right now to become a certified doula in fertility, yes. ah. b- birth and postpartum, which is super exciting. Um, hold on a second. Hold
0: on. R- say that again for the people in the back.
1: Yeah. So, um, there's many kinds of doulas, there's fertility doulas, there's postpartum, um, there are birth doulas and the schooling that I'm actually going through, I I'm certified in all of them. So it's, It's a, it's a longer course. It's a 17 week course. Um, but I come out certified in fertility, birth and postpartum. So, which is amazing because I'm learning things about fertility Mm -hmm. that I never knew. And that's, you know, why a big part of why we're here today, Jack, but yeah, um, I I've always wanted to do this. I'll never forget. I called you. So I'm in wine sales, which is also, I love what I do. And in that regard as well. And I'll never forget calling you. I was outside of an account.
0: I was sitting in Uh, my car too, by the way.
1: Yeah. After I had my first, after I had Adley and I was like, Jack, I don't know when I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to get my doula certification because I had a doula with my first. Um, because I was a new mom, my friends hadn't had kids. I didn't know what the heck where to go. I was greener than green. And I just <laughs> said to you three and a half years ago, which is wild to think. Holy. What one day I'm gonna do it. And like now I'm here. Yeah. And and the push was because I've I've been through hell as far as the postpartum stuff physically. Mm-hmm. And I want to help. I want to help people going through that. And I don't share all these things on my Instagram to scare people. I think knowledge is power. And if you don't know so- these things and if you can't prepare, which is what we're going to get into later, as far as what you've been through, yeah, how are, how are you supposed to help people? If you, if we can't talk about it and prepare each other and be raw, even if it's things that we don't want, we wish we never wish on people and we never want to have these conversations and mm-hmm. we, they
0: need to have, they need to happen, you know, to, to educate people. And that's, you know, 100%. essentially why we're here. Yeah. 100%. I think that, you know, like I am the, of the belief that like, if we know better, we do better. And, exactly. um, and that goes for like everything in life. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also like a very solution oriented person. And I feel like I say that all the time. So like, for me, like when something goes wrong or something's not right, like my gut, like everything in me is like, it's like, there's this push to find a solution and that, that only comes from information and education, in my opinion. Um, and again, like you said, like neither of us are experts in any of this stuff other than the fact that we are experts in the experiences that we've had. I'm super excited that the doula journey is something that you're embarking on because I a I think you're going to be incredible at it. Um, And B, I think that, you know, like we've talked a lot about this because our, our perspectives, and this is one of the things that I've always liked about our friendship is that like our perspectives on the, like, the care associated with a pregnancy are different, right? Like you Mm -hmm. are, um, you are an advocate for, for like a midwife and you are, um, an advocate for the more like naturopathic ways of, of doing things all the way through pregnancy and with delivery. And I've never had to be in that position, but I am of the, like, I am of the school, I guess, of thought that like, I would like a doctor and I would like an OB and, I think it's really important that like we can have conversations and have totally different perspectives on something that's super massive,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: respect each other and, you know, be open to each other's experience, even mm-hmm. though it's super different.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think birth is, is the way that you want to do it is there's no right or wrong. It's, it's, it's your comfort level. It's you, um, there's no right or wrong, right? It's it's what you you feel best in and, and your choices. Um, and there's there's absolutely no nothing wrong with an OB. I just I never mm-hmm. had that experience. So for yeah. me, um, my experiences with midwifery has been amazing. Um, and I always encourage people to at least have the phone calls with them, um, yeah. just to ask the questions and whatever. But yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, you got to do what feels best for you and your partner for sure. And and I yeah. appreciate that too in our relationship that we do have differences, but. We respect each other's points, and at the end of the day, yours is yours and mine is mine, right?
0: Totally. Well, and also, what I thought was really cool, because like we've talked a lot about, like you going through this process, is that like I can have an OB and you. Yeah. I can get the best of both worlds by you know working with somebody like a doula, mm-hmm. and also having a family doctor or like we share a family doctor, TMI, but um and the best like an, doctor in, ever. <laughs> he's an incredible human being. Um, yeah. And so like I would be lucky one day if he was the person that, you know, helped me in that journey. And anyways, we had a conversation, him and I, when I was pregnant about like what that process looked like. And Mm -hmm. I asked him to deliver our baby. And his response was, I don't know who told you that I deliver the baby because it's actually your job. Yeah, (laughs) But yeah, he, you know, he was like, I was like, Oh my God. And I can't wait. Like Matt's going to be there and it's going to be so great. And he had some really interesting advice that we can talk about at another time. But Um, anyways, the whole point being in that is that like, first of all, from a friend, from somebody looking outside at you, like, this is something that feels so natural for the people around you to see you doing, because it's, it's, I think it's like what you've been doing for your friends and your family for years, ever since you first came into the world. And now you're just like. You know backing that all up with the true education that offers you and others who want to you know work with you the the opportunity to learn even more and to be even better and to try even more different things and mm-hmm. support people mm-hmm. in in a, in a way more unique way and so like i'm very excited about um about this journey for you um and would you say that like like were you interested in the concept of the doula world before babies? Or was it something that like happened because of babies and because of all the things that you experienced? It's really like labor and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never been there. But my understanding is that like labor is a trauma. Like mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. is a physical trauma. And so you've had two traumas in your life that whether you've recovered emotionally, mentally, physically from or or, or not is not the point, but it's that they've happened. And I imagine that shapes a person. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, if I'm going to be a hundred percent here,
1: I didn't really know what a doula was before I had babies because it wasn't in my realm. I I didn't need to know what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, When my husband and I got pregnant, I called who was my doula. I didn't really know what she was, but I, I messaged her on Facebook and I was like, hi, I'm pregnant. And I don't really know where to go from here. And she was like, <laughs> she was like, well, do you want to have an OB or a midwife? And I said, excuse me. <laughs> so to be honest, I, I fell in love with the whole journey of pregnancy and then labor, which is wild to say, because it is intense, but you're right. It, it does shape you. And I think as soon as I delivered my first and then had the issues, I was like, I need to do this for people Mm -hmm. like I need to do for me more like I need to do this for me I just like when I talk about babies and birth like I get excited I get oh my god like I just like I I just want to connect and help women Mm -hmm. who don't know and don't have the answers and you're not supposed to have the answers um
0: but it well, short... is sometimes like you said, the people around you can't support you in the in the way you need to be supported. So like maybe you're the first of all your friends to have kids. Maybe That's what it all is. you have yeah. around you is this is the older generation who like looked at birth totally different than we do now, right? Like even like 10 years ago, like having a baby was a different thing than it is now that's, yeah, that's exactly it. I was the
1: first of my friends and you can't expect your friends to understand it until you go through it. I think Mm -hmm. everybody who, who has a baby says that, you know, after, so yeah, you're, you're right. I, I, I didn't really know where to go. So I hired a doula. I got a midwife and, um, my midwife actually delivered both of, well, my husband is a champion and he delivered my children, but my midwife was, um, I was in the same room with the same midwife with both of my babies. Um, wow. And because I educated myself, and now I'm doing this doula, um, you know, business of my own, I didn't hire a doula for my second. And um, I kind of took everything that I've been learning. And you know, the books of hypnobirthing and all of these amazing tools that I've, that I've learned that I, I I'm sharing with other people, and I had this beautiful second labor. So You know, the proof is in the pudding. If you put the work in and if you understand what, how you can, how you can help yourself um, through the pregnancy, through the labor and postpartum, Mm -hmm. it's only going to benefit you, you know?
0: Yeah. So So in school, what's been like, um, I guess in school and then also with like the women that you connect with, like what's been the most challenging what's been the hardest what's been the most complicated like what is it that people are dealing with i guess so i think um i mean that's that's like i could that's a loaded
1: question but the the, the things that i think of most is um and it, it brings us here is i can only understand infertility as much as i can Mm-hmm. Um, I can only understand what a miscarry is like as much as I can because mm-hmm. I've never been there, and of course i'm I'm you know i'm I'm blessed that I've never been in that position, but when you came to me and and you shared your story, and in the same week, I had another friend share her story, I realized that this is something that no matter what the school, how much school, how much you want to read it's experience and others yes. sharing their experience that is gonna help me help you help others so mm-hmm. the most diff- the most difficult part about what I've ran into is not being able to relate and mm-hmm. trying to get myself in that position that I can relate so I can be of support. Yeah. Um secondly seeing how many women have reached out to me asking if I will take them on explaining their troubles, explaining their postpartum hurts right now. Um, COVID has really done a number on everyone's mental health, but I think women who are trying to navigate the hormones, the new norm, the trying to be a mom,
0: the
1: lack of connection, most importantly, you can't just go to mom's groups and, and, and have new friends who understand your exactly what the position you're in of you wake up and you've got milk all over you and you've heated up your coffee four times and you want to cry and you are still bleeding. And there's just so many things that women are going through right now. And I think that's what really pushed me even more to do what I'm doing right now. And for those of you who do follow, you know, my, my Instagram there, um, can
0: you tell everybody what it is so they can follow you?
1: yeah so um it's natal b is my um is my uh i guess my what do we call it handle handle (laughs) see like i'm not a social media girl but i'll tell you about your butthole Um, (laughs) yeah i i i share super i love that i share super raw stuff and it's like my poor husband but like i don't do it to scare women at a pregnancy i had another baby and i like not that i want to have a third i'm very happy and content where i am in my life but i would do it again because they're worth it but the reality is is you need to be prepared for the bullshit because Mm -hmm. i wasn't i was not Mm -hmm. nobody told me what a thrombosed hemorrhoid was until i was in a surgery the day after my wedding having (sighs) a razor to my bum getting one removed so that needs to be something that at least Uh, women can prepare for and understand what it is and the symptoms of it. Right. So yeah, I'm sharing a lot of real stuff in hopes that I can help one person and I know already that I have, and I think that's, what's fueling the fire of like, I'm just so hungry to do, to do as much as I can with the time that I have right now.
0: For sure. Oh my God. Mm. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's I mean, I can't speak to any of the other things other than infertility. And it's actually a little bit insane, Um, two things. Number one, I literally didn't like, I didn't emotionally connect with the word infertility until you said it. Like I actually like didn't think that I was struggling with infertility because I got pregnant. And in my mind, those things are totally different, but, but they're not and the second thing is that like you know you talk about like you know how lucky you are to have like have had these children and all this stuff and somebody said something to me so crazy the other day um i've had like women and actually a couple of men flooding my dms to tell me their stories to tell me you know like what's happened in their life and all of that stuff um but this one girl was like i'm really sorry that we are in the same club. And there is this kind of like, like, not spoken, you know, like, rule, it's not a rule, but like, there's this like, unspoken bond that comes from being in this shitty club that you don't want to be in. um, Mm -hmm. But that people who are also in this shitty club can totally connect and relate to you on in a way that others just can't. And oh my God, I have so many things I could say. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna just like go down a rabbit hole. But I think that I mean I think that there are a lot of things that women who have not experienced a miscarriage and who have not experienced infertility can do to support mm-hmm. their friends who are. Yeah, and, and I think, you
1: know, that was the biggest i called you and i just i said like jack what can we do like what like yeah as awful as it was to use your experiences well it's not awful it's it's a learning we can all learn from something traumatic and you are that type of person and i applaud you for it because and and it's okay if you're not you know if people don't yeah. want to talk about it but yeah you and i are here today to I'm gonna ask you some questions, and it's gonna be—it may be uncomfortable. And if you know, like, if it is, you you tell me to stop. But we're gonna have the conversation that many people aren't ready to have yet, and we're gonna do it so we can try to prepare someone that, God forbid, they're ever in this position. How can their friend support them? How can their partner support them? What exactly was it like? Um, I think the biggest thing that I've taken from you know you and, and and other people. Who I love around me who who've expl- who've expressed their, their stories is they sat in a room and they were told that they had options. And right away they were like, Options? What do you mean options? Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm guilty because until I've learned more about you know what a miscarry is, which it is in fact a labor, it is a birth. It's a two things, is-
0: it's two things that are really intense because in the medical community, and this has just been my experience, I don't know if other communities call it something different, but I've had two experiences, my own and I've heard of somebody else's, where when it was expressed to them, it was actually expressed to them as an abortion. You are right. And, and it was expressed to me that way, and I actually stopped the doctor, and we can go through that story, but like, to be like, whoa, 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 like, I didn't choose this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was like such a triggering word for me, because of what society has taught us, mm-hmm. and because of the emotional connection i I had,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Um but it's like, almost like, like a slap in the face when you are dealing with, yeah, what okay, you so, are. but but, like we've said this before, as a doctor, yeah, that's their term. Mm-hmm. They're not it's trying a medical term. to, yeah, they're not trying to hurt you. In in their comment and in their verbiage of that. They are that is what they've been taught. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Well, Um, but when I that term first was theirs. It has been like sucked out of the medical world and planted into the social world and used in all these different ways. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it it's not anyway. Why don't you just like go ahead, go ahead and ask me what you want to ask me and I'll I'll run you through the gamut. (laughs)
1: yeah let's let's um uh let's kind of dig into this and if if anybody isn't ready to talk about these things this is maybe the time that you you put us away
0: (laughs) well you know what two things Um, number one like don't feel like you have to listen if you if you're not emotionally ready and number two know that this is a conversation between two people who are not medical professionals and i and i you know I have only experienced one miscarriage. So I only have one experience to pull from. And I know that there are other women who have had multiple and who would have varying experiences that might connect with more people. So this is just the experience of one person who's had one miscarriage. And I have to, I have to preface it all by saying two things. Number one, I am a privileged white person in a first world country who had access to premium medical support mm-hmm. that a lot of people do not have access to. And number two, I am conditioned to manage and navigate hard things. So I have this like, this, this like guidebook in my brain that helps me to process and navigate hard things. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know how I got it. I've had to exercise those muscles a couple times in my life. And so there's a part of me that even when I like reflect on it now, feels like I recovered at a speed that maybe isn't traditional because of my because I know how to process emotions. I know how to feel trauma. I know how to express. And so this makes, this might feel like it, like this might feel too fast for other people.
1: So I guess my, I guess the first question is how was the miscarry presented to you and what exactly did they explain were your next steps?
0: Yeah, so we had an eight week ultrasound. I am with a fertility clinic because I have endometriosis, and that can make fertility really hard. And we were told at the beginning of our, you know, kind of journey with fertility that it might take us a really long time and um, we might only be able to conceive via IVF. When we went for the eight week ultrasound, uh, she was super nice. I can't remember her name, but I remember like saying her name three, four times in that in that process. And she did the topical and she, you know, was chatting with me and we were having such a nice time. And my husband was in the car because he couldn't come in because of COVID. So he's sitting in the car. He's like ready for me to call him and let him know that everything's okay and where to meet me and all that stuff. They basically couldn't find, she couldn't find a heartbeat. Um, so she told me that basically what she said to me was, I'm finished. And I need you to get dressed and I have to put you in a doctor's office. And I said, why? And she just kind of looked at me and I just knew. And I said, there's no heartbeat. And she said, I'm so sorry. So I, she's like, do you want to call your husband? I'm like, no, I want him to come in with me. I was like, I was like as stern as I possibly could be through my like trembling, you know, voice. And I, they wouldn't let me bring him in because of COVID protocols. So he was on FaceTime. And they sat me in an office where I waited for about 10 minutes. And luckily, the doctor came in right away. Like, I only waited 10 minutes to hear that I was actually having a miscarriage. And she called it a missed miscarriage, um, which means that, like, we don't catch it as I'm bleeding. Like, we catch it before, if I'm, if I'm correct. I think that that's how it was explained to me. Okay. And she said I had three choices. I had um, choice one was go home and wait and you will bleed. And when the bleeding is over, we will schedule an appointment to check you for an ultrasound, to make sure we don't have to do a a surgical procedure. And she told me, I wish I had the piece piece of paper, but she basically said like, this percentage of the population do this. And then she said, the second option is um, an at home miscarriage. Um, and, um, basically it's like a pill, uh, four pills that you insert inside you and that sort of like push it to happen. It basically like creates the cramps that will help to push the tissue out of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the third is a surgical procedure. I think they call it a DNC where they like go in and they, you know, like they will clean everything out for you. And when it was presented to me, the surgical procedure was basically the option. the The, the risk, I guess, was a that the damage could get done to the uterus, and b that anything surgical is a risk in in any way. I mm-hmm. think that, like in that time, my brain had like acknowledged what it was. Like I don't, I, I don't do, um, like I jump into solution mode pretty quick when a trauma mm-hmm. occurs. And mm-hmm. so in my mind, I knew that there was no baby. I knew it. Yeah. I just, it, it just, it. I, it's almost like I knew it before it happened. Um, but when she told me we chose the pills and this is, I can't believe I forgot about this, but I was supposed to have, when I got pregnant, I was supposed to have gone and done a blood test and the blood test checks for the type of blood that you have in your body. Because when you, if you miscarry, um, If your blood is different than the baby's blood for whatever reason, and those bloods mix, if you have a specific type of blood, and I don't know enough about it, so I don't wanna spend too much time on it, but basically it can cause trouble getting pregnant in future. So after I had this miscarriage, after I had this doctor's appointment, I had to go across the street to a Life Labs and sit there and wait for 30 minutes for an appointment to have my blood drawn so that they could tell me whether I could take the pills or whether I'd have to come back for a shot before I took the pills. And I remember sitting in there and I think I messaged you being like, this is insane. Like what, like, I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to tell Mm -hmm. you. And then I wanted to pretend that we never had the conversation. And Mm -hmm. um, so for me, basically the only option was the pills because I was never going to just sit at home for two, three weeks and let it just happen. And number two, I wasn't going to, um, I I wasn't going to wait for the surgery. So the pills felt like the best option.
1: And I've heard some pretty traumatic stories about the pills and it's not just, here's a pill and you know, you'll bleed and it'll, it'll, it'll be crampy, but you'll be fine. I've heard some very tough, tough situations that come out of that. So if you don't mind sharing as much as you can, Mm -hmm. um, and feel comfortable with, what happened? How long did it take? What did you feel? Did they give you pain meds? Was mm-hmm. there clot? Was there clotting? Um, again, this is something that you never want someone that you care for or anyone to deal with, but if we can understand what it looks like, I think that may help people.
0: Yeah. Cause it feels like it's like, oh, she just like looks tired, right? Like if people see someone while a miscarriage is taking place, it's like, she looks tired or like she's crampy or whatever. Um, okay. So how long did it take? I actually started bleeding before I took the pills. Um, so I think that's why I think that like the miscarriage had happened a couple of like earlier in the week, maybe because like Mm -hmm. I was already kind of in the process of it, of it passing. Um, so I started bleeding. (sighs) The appointment was on a Thursday. I started bleeding Thursday night after the appointment. Mm -hmm. No, that's not right. No. So, um, the, par- the appointment was on a Thursday. We had, I had to wait to get the results from that blood work. So, and I also figured like, it's a Thursday, I'll wait till Friday. We'll do it over the weekend. So it doesn't like impact my work. I actually worked the afternoon of the Thursday and the Friday. Um, the work was a really good distraction for me. I needed to like have minutes where I wasn't crying. I needed to feel like I was in control. And that was how I did that. Yep. And so, some people I, may be the opposite and, and totally want to crawl up in bed. So 100%. Anyways, I started bleeding on Friday. Um, I actually bled pretty heavily overnight on the Friday. And then I actually took the pills first thing Saturday morning. So you take four pills. And then 24 10. hours later, if the bleeding hasn't started, then you take the second four pills. So they give you eight. Um, And I took the four pills on the Saturday morning. But I had mm-hmm. already been bleeding. So the, like, the TMI alert skip forward 30 seconds if you don't wanna hear this. Um, But like, I just saw little granular bits of the pill coming out of me because I I don't think that they were like doing what they were supposed to do. I think I was already bleeding. Yeah, so the other thing that um, you were asking about was the clotting. Um, And so um, I was bleeding and it wasn't like super clotty. It was just like really thick um i used pads they say not to use tampons um and i was like changing a pad every and like for like i I probably could have waited longer in between changing of the pads but i like for hygienic reasons like i just wanted to be done with it so i probably went through like an entire 24 pack of pads in the course of the weekend not because of how much i was bleeding but just because of how much i was changing them because they say that if you bleed you, like if you like leak through a pad in an hour, two hours in a row, that you have to go to the hospital. Um, yeah. So there wasn't a ton of clotting until the end. This is this part was intense for, for me and for my partner. Um, before I do that, by the way, I should just say that like you asked the question about whether I was prescribed meds. I was prescribed T3s as a pain option you are correct that it does feel well i I don't actually know because i've never actually had a labor but it does feel like labor pains or like cramping like the beginnings of labor i because i experience endometriosis and have like really bad endometriosis i have cramping that is like excruciating pain and so this didn't feel as bad as that Um, But because I know how bad pain can be, I was definitely anxious about how how it was going to impact me. I took T3s in the halves. So like I broke them in half and I was, I took like one T3, half of a T3 before I went to bed on the Friday night and then only ever took halves for like the day. Like by Sunday, I was, I was not taking meds anymore. It was like uncomfortable, but it wasn't painful enough that I needed it. Um, But we had like, I had the bleeding all Friday night all day saturday and then sunday the bleeding felt a little bit lighter and i was like going crazy just like lying in bed sitting on the couch so we we decided to take the dog to the park it was a beautiful sunny day and so um my husband and i walked over and everything feels like ginger right like you're just like walking slow like you're trying to be really gentle to your body um and we were coming home and I felt this like pressure. It almost felt like when you were a kid, did you ever like put a tampon in wrong and it would like start to come out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you would feel that like openness of the tissue, like kind of like it was coming out of you.
1: Very uncomfortably.
0: Yeah. And it was like awkward, but it was like y- your, your instinct was to like clench to kind of like keep it like, that's what I felt. I felt this like clench to like, not just like let the muscles relax. Okay. So I told, like, I still, I told my husband and I was like, something feels weird. Like I got to get home. And it was almost like, you know, when you like really have to go to the bathroom and you have to like clench your, like your legs together and like waddle to the bathroom. Like I walked that the whole way home and it like felt bizarre. But I also like, if I'm, if I'm reflecting back on it now, I, I, I knew it was something. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was something. Mm -hmm. And when I got home, um, I went to the bathroom, my my uh like my ensuite bathroom, and like oh, fuck the like it's the toilet I was sitting on when I like found out I was pregnant and I sat down on that toilet and I passed the the embryo. Like I passed the 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 all of it together, not broken mm-hmm. apart in smaller clots. I passed the whole thing together. And that was, that was the, the rock bottom for me. Of course. I, um, for a long time, like, I think I I probably sat on the toilet for 15 minutes, like staring into the toilet because I just didn't know what to do. I had asked the doctor, I had said like, am I going to see anything? Like, like I wasn't sure, like, cause I'd followed all those you know, those apps and read all those books in those first couple of weeks, knowing that like the baby is forming, like there is shapes, there are limbs, there's a like, you know, things are are happening really fast. Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, you shouldn't see anything. It should be fine. Um, Maybe she says that not to scare me. I I don't know. Um, But I basically, and this is like depths of my soul, expected this would probably go to the grave. Um, I basically like, I, I got up off the toilet, I like wiped, I put my pants on, and then I sat back down on the floor and stared into the toilet at the base of the toilet, staring at what looked like a baby mouse, if I can put it, and it's the only way I can describe it, that mm-hmm. was like, my child in the toilet. And I was, I, I, like all I remember thinking the whole time was like, should I put my hand in there and pull it out? What do I do? Like, can I flush it down the toilet? Like, what is, like, what do you do? Yeah. And I had no idea. And I just, sorry, give me a second. I'm going to get a Kleenex. Yeah. I just totally broke down. And, you know, my husband and I will both agree that that was the hardest moment because I think that was also like the end of it. Right. Like that was like, I was probably going to bleed. It was going to be lining from my uterus or whatever, but like that was the end of it. And I just wept staring into the toilet, which is like the most bizarre thing ever. It's like, I remember thinking like, if anybody ever saw me, they would think I was I'd lost it. Like I'd absolutely lost it. And I felt so guilty because my husband had to be the one to come in and like pick me up off the floor and like flush the toilet. And, and then that's a whole other conversation is like, how does he process all of that? Um, But I was not prepared to pass all of the tissue together at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I did. And um, it was scary. It was the only part of it that was scary for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. I know that's not easy to relive. I hate, um, I hate hearing you cry. Um, but, but I appreciate you being that detailed because you and many others that I've spoken to, they also felt like they didn't no, this was going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And again, I think the biggest part in all of this that hopefully anybody listening takes is, as much as you never want this to ever be your situation or anybody you care about situation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: this is what it can look like. And
0: yeah, and it doesn't have to look like this. Like I think yeah, that this there are some experience. people who don't, who won't pass that. So like, it's not something to like be look. I don't. I don't know. Actually, you should probably ask your doctor if it's like something to look out for or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it, I think, I, I think I wished that I'd known because while you can't prepare yourself for those things, I could have, I could have thought about it so that when it happened, I didn't have to think about it in real time.
1: Mm -hmm. Almost like that shock. On top of like your like the heart like the heartache, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Holy, and then you have those the scary like, is this normal? Should I grab what? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I can't. I really can't imagine. And I just, I think that sharing sharing those details, Jack, is hopefully one person hears this, and if they're ever in that position, they can think back to this exact moment of listening right now and think wow like you're not alone you're not alone and yeah I know someone else has been here and they can try to seek support in that you know it's 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 just it's so common like you you've mentioned on in your previous episodes and I just think that um we can't help especially me as a doula and a birth worker who all I want to do is help. How do I help? How can I help? So I guess that kind of leads into my next question is for someone who hasn't been in your position, um, whether it's a family member, a friend, mm-hmm. um, I won't touch on partner yet. Cause I know that that can be a whole other subject of its own. Yeah. Um, and, and a, and a very heavy one in that. Um, but how can a friend help? And, now that you've been through something like this, you know, I, I've shared on my own personal page that what I'm what I was learning through in school is if you are someone going through infertility and your friends are having babies and celebrating their, mm-hmm. you know, their wins, which is absolutely amazing and it's magical, but if you don't want to be there because emotionally you can't take that on,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is also okay, and people need to know that
0: mm-hmm. it doesn't
1: make you a bad friend. It doesn't make you, no. it doesn't make your decision wrong. If you don't have the capacity to emotionally take it on when you are going through one, two, three rounds of IVF, mm-hmm. IUIs, two miscarry, that is okay. And like people need to know that. And I hope that our society can get to a place where a friend to a friend can say. Hey so and so, I'm I'm so happy for you and I love you. Mm-hmm. I can't emotionally be there for you right now. It doesn't yeah. mean I'm not excited, but I can't be there for you right now. Yeah. So I guess my question to you is, yeah, as a friend like what what can we do? What what do you think is helpful?
0: I mean, I I felt it's tough for me because I'm still very early in this infertility journey. And so I don't have the same triggers when I look at women who are going through the like the second or the third of, been going through this for a really long time. Um, it's it's I, OK, here's what I think. Number one, um, inside a miscarriage. So one of my friends delivered her first the weekend that I had my miscarriage. And I believe that you can experience two emotions at the same time. Mm -hmm. You can experience sadness for yourself and joy and excitement for them. And not like one isn't more or less. Um, Where my miscarriage was concerned, I felt like my friends did a really good job. The things that really benefited me were talking about it. Uh, I know that a lot of women struggle or maybe don't feel like they have a place to talk about it. But if you can find one person that you can talk to it about, you know, I, I kind of like I, I I was reflecting on it a little bit and it was sort of I was comparing it a little to a death of any other kind. You know, when somebody you love passes away. Talking about them is how you grieve them. Talking about them is how you give their impact on your life meaning. and. I think I believe the same to be true about a miscarriage. I talked to a lot of people about it. I shared my feelings about it with a lot of people and talking about it made it easier for me. Um, I also believe that like in a trauma, like there are some people who, you know, there's there's some schools of thought that say that like when you go through something really traumatic, um, talking about it helps to to like decrease the, like the the feelings and the emotions connected with it, right? I, I'm um, the
1: same, so I, I I can sympathize with that, yeah? Yeah,
0: so, so for me talking about it was super important. I had some friends who, so many friends who like totally stepped up and like, you know, the weekend we were miscarrying, she had food delivered to my house. She just like ordered me dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, I had friends who connected with me and messaged me every single day. I think that the the struggle with a miscarriage is that you don't want to talk to somebody about it, who's never been through it, because you imagine they'll never be able to understand. But it doesn't matter whether somebody's been through it or not. If they're willing to listen to you while you express your feelings.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think that's important. If you're the friend, my advice would be to just keep asking questions instead of, inserting your opinions you know what what a woman doesn't want to hear the weekend of a miscarriage is like oh well you'll get your baby when your baby's you know when it's time because that's that that can be really triggering Mm -hmm. but if a woman who's having a miscarriage can share in her reflection that she believes she'll have her baby when it's time then that's on her experience not on you yeah very different
1: um, yeah, very different the way that it comes out for sure.
0: Yeah. I felt, um, I think the other thing for me that helped me a lot was, you know, we see on social media and we talk to our friends all the time who are struggling with fertility, struggling to get pregnant and going through all these rounds of IUI and IVF and checking their temperature and peeing on an ovulation stick every day and all of that stuff. That's like so consuming. And even though I lost. A pregnancy, I got a pregnancy. And for me, that was something that was told to us that was going to be really troubling and really hard. And so I, my instinct is solution mode. And so I right away went to like, this, this taught us things, you know, pain is information. And it taught us so much about how well about the fact that a we could get pregnant, what a luxury. Like, you know, they say that having a baby is a miracle. Getting pregnant is also a miracle.
1: And, and so
0: acknowledging those things is super important. And then I think that, like, I think that that friends who, like, want to pretend like it isn't happening mm-hmm. are going to separate themselves from the person struggling. Mm-hmm. You almost have to, like, lean in with it. Like, the yeah. way I look at it is it's, like, you ask about ask about it to that friend every time you talk to them until they tell you. They don't want to talk about it anymore.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Instead of like just holding back and like not saying anything or pulling back as a friend and letting them deal on their own, like you obviously as the friend have to be emotionally ready to deal with that. But Mm -hmm. like I had friends who just messaged me every day. How are you feeling today? What are you feeling today? What's going on in your head? What can I do for you? What are you eating? What are you watching? Do you need any recommendations? Like it it doesn't take a lot of time. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't take any money, you know, like, yeah. Um, and then you know, we talked about like friends who are pregnant, right? like how do you how do you celebrate somebody's joy if yours was just taken away? Mm-hmm. And again, I think that two things can happen at the same time, and you can feel joy and sadness at the same time. Mm-hmm. um and just like I'm gonna just yeah. quickly
1: go ahead. you can you can be jealous. You can be yeah. jealous of that joy that's, 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 that makes you human. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think it's just a matter of like recognizing that it's jealousy Mm -hmm. instead of just like letting it consume you and creating like an animosity among people. Cause the last thing you want to do is alienate yourself from people when you're going through something like that. Um, but I mean, you also said it best, like I, I know very clearly what my boundaries are. I've learned them over a lot of years and, I know where I'm okay. I know where I'm not okay. um, And I'm very vocal to say that. Like, I don't want to talk about it or I don't feel confident in this discussion or this is too much for me. Mm -hmm. And I think women also need to, you know, they need to like measure both, right? Like they need to push themselves to talk about it because I believe that's the way you heal. But they also need to be really mindful of where their boundaries are. And like you said, if they don't have them yet, literally Google, how do I set boundaries? And you will find a zillion options (laughs) for how, how to do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's just something that like, I, I just want everyone around me, every, everyone dealing with their own journey as far as making a family. I, I just think that it's so important to have your own boundaries and and mm-hmm. we're, we're all, I mean, I'm definitely one of those people pleasers. I love to help. I love to be around, but I'm learning boundaries in my own, in my own ways. And I just think that it's very important to say to women, it's okay to not be there and it's okay to have your feelings and yeah. it's okay to express that. There's no shame in that. I think fertility is Oh man, like seeing what my girlfriends have been through, they're, they're warriors, man. They are, they're powerful, powerful. They don't even understand how powerful they are. And I just think emotionally it must be so hard. And, and again, it's, it's okay to say no sometimes. Yeah. It doesn't make you a bad friend or support, you know?
0: Totally. I think that, you know, I think, feel like we've covered a lot Um, And I don't want this to be, like, too overwhelming. But I do want to spend two seconds on something that I don't think we spend enough time talking about when it comes to miscarriages. Because we spent all of this time in this conversation talking about me, the physical things that happened to me. But we Mm -hmm. spent no time talking about the other 50% of what made that baby. Yep, you're very right. And, you know... I feel so blessed that I had a husband who all he wanted to do when it happened was take care of me.
1: He went into that
0: like instincts like me man got to take care of my family mode and 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 it was it was such a blessing. Mm-hmm. He picked up all the slack. He looked after everything. He he looked after me so incredibly well like in our history, we will never forget the moment he picked me up off the bathroom floor. That will just like be a part of our history together forever. Mm -hmm. But it's so, so important that men get support in miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And it comes in different ways. I like asked, you know, I asked my husband about it to sort of like figure out like what worked for you. And, you know, you sit on the couch for three or four days and you let all the physical things happen. And. I know this sounds weird, but like, there's a part of the experience that is physical for the woman that helps in the grieving and healing process that men don't get. Yeah. And my husband really, Brandon really benefited from, um, like feeling his feelings. Even the instinct for men is not to do that. He went out in search of other men having conversations about it and he's really lucky he has a network of friends who like aren't afraid of tough conversations and aren't too macho to like make a guy feel insecure about sharing something this vulnerable um Mm -hmm. he had a dad that he could talk to that had never been through it but sympathized for his son and we talked a lot because i know how important it is to make sure that everybody's mental health is 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 recognized and concerned for so you know for anyone who knows somebody who's been through this i love i love your willingness and desire to be there to support your girlfriend but her partner is dealing with the exact same loss um has no physical change to help process the grieving. And as a society has been conditioned to not express the feelings of sadness and, and anger, and uh, that they that they feel. Mm -hmm. So think about the men in your life who are who are also on the receiving end of a miscarriage, and check in on them too. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Because it's just as heartbreaking, and they don't have the language, they don't have a community like this, They don't have a doula that they can call. They don't even know what a doula is probably 90% of the time. They don't know that they can Google somebody that can help them. They they don't know that they can use a therapist or a best friend or whoever it is. Um, But they need people too. And I think that was an incredible lesson for us.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, People process different. You know, like today sitting here, Nat, I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've processed. I feel like I've cried. I feel like I've, I've done the work I need to, to feel okay. And like, I'm never going to be like, it's never going to feel good that I had a miscarriage. I'm always going to feel sad about that, but I feel good moving forward with my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that You know, the reason we have these conversations is two things. Number one, to educate women, but also to tell women that are in it that, like, there is light out the other side of the tunnel. You will feel like yourself again. Mm -hmm. You will live to fight another day. Mm -hmm. And while the options and the challenges of fertility ahead of you are still numbered and still filled with so much emotion and um, maybe sadness you are a priority your health your life is also very important and finding a way to to live your life and to feel good and healthy and mentally clear i think is is just as important
1: i agree and i think you said a really good thing like you know you did have brandon and i know brandon personally and i could always be that person to reach out to Brandon, because we have that relationship. Yeah. But I think, like you said, we as women with our partners, um, we need to try to encourage our, our, our husband's partners, whatever, um, to talk, to, to talk to their friend, yeah. right? Because it's, you're right. It's not just a female thing. Same with pregnancy. It's not just a female thing. It's, 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 it's a large part. It's 50% of them, like you said, right? It's 50% of what you've created. So I think that you are a great wife in that you pushed him to try to talk to whoever he needs to, whether it be a therapist, whether it be a friend, but pushing them to do that is I think a really, a a very powerful thing. Um, and men don't communicate like we do. So I think that again, I you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's an important thing for women listening, like talk to your husband about it and encourage them to talk to their, their one buddy about it over a beer or or whatever it may be. Um, but talking helps. It's, it's, it's what I'm doing. It's what I'm doing with my own traumas. Talking about it is healing for me. It's like so cathartic. It's, it's wild. So I think that that's, yeah, I, um, I really appreciate you sharing your story and I know a lot of people personally have been through very similar stories and I can Mm -hmm. imagine there's many women out there. So I think hopefully today we've, we've covered some things that can help even just one. Right.
0: Totally. Uh, listen, let's be honest, it's helped two people already, you and me. Mm-hmm. Sure and has. and you know, I think that oh, life is very heavy now, it seems, more than ever. Mm-hmm. Um so being able to help lighten some of those really heavy moments is is important, it's essential. And I feel, like, I feel like I can see you and you're like, my kid is up, this is time's up, I gotta go. She's a mom, she's gotta get back to being a mom. Um, but I wanna thank you. Before we go anywhere, I, I really, really wanna thank you because um, number one, I think that you, I know that you are gonna help so many families, men, women, it doesn't matter in your, in your quest, in your, in your, you know, your desire to support people through a very complicated, but beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and so thank you for choosing that as, as you know, a passion for yourself. Thank you for sharing everything that you shared with us and thank you for asking me questions that helped me to learn more about my own experience because I think that's why we talk, because I learn more about the process of healing and about my experience with this trauma every time I talk to somebody, especially when they ask really hard questions. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for being here. Please go follow Nat. Um, I'll tag her Instagram in the show notes. And, you know, in honor of what is it? Infertility Awareness Week, you know, like know that there's there is a road to a family for everybody. It just might not look the same as your best friends.
1: I love that, and thank you so much for having me, and thank you for being honest and vulnerable with us. Oh yeah, goodness. and uh, definitely share my page. It's natalb underscore Doula, um, and please feel free to ask me anything. Anybody who uh, has questions about physical trauma or anything we've discussed today, I am I am just so eager to help. And now more nothing's than ever, off like Jack limits. said. Oh, baby, nothing is off limits. <laughs> You'll learn that real quick about me. Um, and yeah, thanks thanks for doing this with me. I appreciate Amazing. it. Have a great one. You too,
0: babes. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to come along for the ride. It's always better when we do it together. So subscribe to the podcast, follow us on Instagram, and check out our website, all places you can go to learn more.